Hello, welcome to Spotlight, a ray of hope in the gathering winter gloom. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. This evening, a chat with the creators and directors of a very special community play celebrating perhaps the most famous ship to come out of Ramsey Shipyards. And it's not all blues down south, as the second jazz festival takes place in Port Heron. As always, do get in touch with any creative, artistic endeavours you may be involved in, you're planning, hoping to create, or would really like to put in the spotlight, be they altogether now, poetic, visual, theatrical, musical, literary, mime, and anything else. Just email me, spotlight at manxradio.com, or of course, Howard Kane at manxradio.com. I don't care which, as long as you do it. So first, up north, or is that down north, to hear about a new play based around one of the more famous vessels to be built on the Isle of Man in Ramsey Shipyards, to be exact. It's still in existence, but now, sadly, you'll have to go to San Diego to see it. And if you're very lucky, sail on it. The Star of India. It's being brought to life in drama and song, by writers Heather Rufino and Marilyn Cannell, who dropped by to tell me more. It all began um, back in 2013. I was involved in helping with the exhibition uh, for Ramsey Commissioners at the Town Hall for the for the 150th anniversary of the Star of India's building and launch in 1863 in Ramsey Shipyard. And as I had formed the Cloydron Northern Theatre, uh, they asked me what about the possibility of doing an enactment as part of the exhibition to depict a story. So I wrote a quick script and Alan Gelling direct, um, narrated it and I wrote a, a song for the end and um, it came about. But as a result, I always had in my head, there was a seed planted that I always thought it would have the grounds for making a proper musical from it for Manx history and especially for Ramsey. So that's what I thought. So I approached Marilyn Cannell, my partner in crime, and um, henceforth Marilyn's a whiz with music. I like writing lyrics, so does Marilyn, and I got a script together. And um, this is how it's, it's um, come to fruition. So that where well, you um, came in then, Marilyn, on actually composing mostly on the com- compositional side of it? Then? Well, well, what happened that Heather had mentioned it four or five years ago, mm. and I sort of said, it would be interesting to try and write some music for mm. it. And then COVID came. But over COVID, when I was stuck in for 12 weeks, as so many people were, Heather uh, started sending me scripts, <laughs> ideas for songs, uh, and, and I actually wrote nine songs during those 12 weeks (laughs) and we've been going to put the show on twice and it's been cancelled with covid and other things that impeded us but this is the third go and uh, we've slotted in um nine songs and we put the original song that heather wrote for the 150th enactment we do that at the end the people who are in it uh, they're not singers and uh, i had to teach them the songs Usually if it's a pantomime, we, they generally know the songs that they're going to sing. Yeah, but, they know the tunes. Heather said that when we, when we start practising Marilyn, we want to do four or five weeks just on the songs. Sounds so that good. they could. Mm. But I find them going through my head in the middle I of the night. I wake up with it in the morning. I'm singing about <laughs> your turkey's bell and songs, down in the shipyard things, you know. Yeah. So. 
they're a bit raucous, but they're supposed to be shipyard workers. Yes, yeah. I say exactly. to them, this is not an operatic aria. Proper, yeah. yeah. yeah you know, so, you're yeah. raucous shipyard workers. Sailors' and, songs and yeah, yeah, working, yeah. working men's songs. So, so like, can you give us a sort of crazy without giving in any away of, of the sort of plot, as it were? It, um, it begins, um, it's sort of set like a docu-musical over time. And um, it's the fisherman of modern day, which is Alex, and um, the two ladies, their sisters. One lives in America in San Diego where the ship is and the other sister lives in the UK. So she comes over to visit her sister and they both want to come to the Alamance to see where the Star of India was built because the sister lives in San Diego. She loves the ship and everything. So it boils down to that. And they meet this fisherman and they start talking. So they come in and out of the story uh, sort of narrating it as it goes along and then with, there's a different scene from what they've said and it starts back with the launch it starts with the, the fisherman the, the shipbuilder sorry um, being told that they were going to build this big iron hulled ship 205 feet long and they're quite surprised about this that's a big task and then it goes on to the launch when they've built her the celebrations and her launch and it also put, gives a little insight to the life of Ramsay then, how it was with um, the fishermen as well as the shipbuilders and the wives and how they lived, etc. So it goes on to singing about the fishermen as well. And then it goes through stories about, um, there's a little story about her bell, the ship's bell, with Euterpe written on it, where it was engraved, which is still on the ship now, because they never changed the name off the bell. It's supposed to be unlucky, even if she's given a new name. So, so was she the, the Euterpe originally? Then the Euterpe was the, Euterpe she was, was launched. The Greek goddess of music, music and, and lyric. That's right. Poetry. So there's even a little, this is the tale about that um, with the bell, and then Euterpe, the, the figurehead, and we've got a lovely young lady who's to dance, is supposed to be the figurehead dancing, and she does a little mythical dance as coming alive as the um, uh, figurehead, and then it goes on to. Um, the various things it did in its life. Really. Exactly. There's the emigrants, for example, travelling on the ship and how hard it was life. There's the crew. I mean, Captain Story, he was the first, the captain that took her on a maiden voyage and her, the first crew, they were drunken and disorderly. Thrown and as, in jail. They were thrown in jail because they crashed into a Spanish brig and damaged the ship very badly on a maiden voyage. So they got punished and Captain Story still kept his post. He got another crew. But bad luck struck again. They were hit by a cyclone. She got damaged again. The ship, lots of people got sick and Captain Story got very sick. And, and we have he, a death scene. Huh? Yes. Oh, oh hang on. <laughs> oh, we do, we do, we do. We have a oh, it's sad, very emotional. Yes, she's lying on the deck like this. A bit like Nelson was. <laughs> no, it's, it's, but it, it, it's just going through... Um, some of the important parts have yeah. happened and she because over her time for when she was built she circumnavigated the world 21 times wow, that, that amazing, ship and she was she's beautiful she's a, she's absolutely lovely I've been on board her and I was in awe and when they found out I was from Ramsey and what we did and everything because they made a big fuss and she's in San Diego now, she's in right? San Diego yeah. she's their star um, attraction there and um, when you, you look at the way she wa- the way she is and it, she was built with the men purely by hand. They'd no machinery, mm. they'd nothing like that. And the big rivets and everything that we used, they, they, the young, young boys used to knock all the rivets in and they were called rivet trotters. So 
there's all sorts of things like that and it brings to light and to think that she was actually still going now and she's beautiful she's the only um iron hold sailing ship still and she sails under license in um about once a year um because she's no technology on board she's as she was as she was um, renovated and um I'm going to sail in next year. Oh, oh that's <laughs> and I've been to sail It was a wonderful year, coincidence, so. Hags. I didn't know a lot about the Star of India, yeah. so I went on the internet. And oh, got, this is a lovely got bit. It, got it up, and they have a festival every year, and the highlight is that the Star of India takes to the water. Mm-hmm. It, it looks all, with all the sails and everything. Mm, it's beautiful. And they were having a little celebration on board the Star of India, and when I looked it up, there was a folk group and this chap said, and now our, our group are going to play something called the Euterpe Waltz. And he said, this is a piece of music that was written by a composer from New Zealand who, as a lad, emigrated with his family to New Zealand aboard the Euterpe. And when he grew up, he was a musician and a teacher and he wrote music and he wrote a waltz, which he dedicated to the Euterpe. So we've got Euterpe dancing to part of the waltz. That's the figurehead dancing, mm-hmm. yeah. And I've taken some of the tunes from the waltz and incorporated it into a song. Um, that the emigrants are singing as they're going to New Zealand. Mm. And it was just total coincidence that I this fellow was talking and, you know, your ears prick up and I didn't know what to do. So I asked one of my girls who's very good and um, she did whatever she did, needs to do and found a copy in a museum in New Zealand and they texted it to me and wow. I have this yeah. copy <laughs> of the Euterpe Waltz by Llewellyn Owen. So it's, it's wonderful then to have this beautiful ship sort of documented in, in well, both in sort of prose and in song mm. now by mm. this by this play. Now you mentioned a little bit, um, uh, or at least you mentioned one name in the cast. I mean, I suppose it's unfair to try and name check everyone, but some, uh, a partially all star cast at the very least, by the sound of it. Mm. Oh, the, honestly, well, everybody is are amazing. I'm very proud of all of you. If I hope you listen all to of this. You. There you go. You are all brilliant, I'm, and I'm so chuffed. I'm so overwhelmed, um, but. They are. They 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 do sing. They are lovely. They they all have lo- lovely voices. They're good singers. They're part of the summer singers and choirs and things like that. But they've all come together, and um, it's new for them because some of them have never done this, been on stage like this, acting and singing like that. They're mm-hmm. used to choirs and everything else. And but um, it's it's just amazing how oh, it's come together. And not only that, but it's it's. I've been in touch with San Diego with. Um, the Maritime Museum and the President Ray Ashley, uh, Dr. Ray Ashley and his wife. Um, I've been in touch with him explaining that we're, what we're good, what we're doing because they'd be interested about it. And it snowballed because um, an email, he sent an email to me saying, well, he said, um, we are going to come over and there's himself and his wife and 15, uh, no, 13 other members coming over from San Diego Maritime Museum, wow. especially they're flying over to see the show and give us a presentation and to us and to the governor, so our governor. So that's the Friday, the Saturday evening, the 15th. So wow. that's very special. 
And it's just a simple piano accompaniment. It's all done with piano. No full orchestra. There's no technical music. We have sound effects for sequels and all sorts Excellent. of things. Excellent. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's proper, you know, it's proper. I mean, is the cast mostly from the from the north of the island as well or from from the north or is it from, from It's mostly the northern, or, yeah. most, mostly northern, yeah, community, yeah. So, so proper, yeah. proper community theatre in, in its oh, true very spirit much. with, like I said, yeah. a really fantastic local theme. Now, you mentioned some of the dates there. So there's two weekends it's running there. Uh, the governor's going to one, I believe you were saying. Yes, he's going on the first Saturday evening, the 15th. So that's the 14th and the 15th. And then it's on again the following weekend, the 21st and the 22nd it is, of October. Yes. This is at St Paul's Hall. Now, yeah. the all-important question, of course, is uh, can anyone go and how do they get tickets? Right, well, the tickets are on sale at um, the Bridge Bookshop in Ramsey. And um, you can also pay at the door if you wish, but ticket holders um, have priority. They, in other words, they have guaranteed a seat to mm-hmm. sit on, mm-hmm. but the seating is not numbered. So it's first come, first service to wear your seat. Every man, woman and child for themselves. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can take this, a certain number that can pay at the door. So, <laughs> Oh, there is one other point I'd like to make. If mm. you, um, also, at Ramsey Courthouse, in conjunction with the show... Um, Richard Ratcliffe and Les Clark they often do um, historical photograph exhibitions for certain events so they're doing a a proper maritime themed um, exhibition of photographs of old Ramsey to do with the shipyard the shipbuilding and fishermen etc and also there'll be more information about the Star of India and that's um, at Ramsey Courthouse from the, the Saturday the 14th through to the following Saturday the 22nd through the daytime Terrific. so everybody can go and have a look at that exhibition as go well check that out. Yeah. Wonderful. yeah it is all happening up north so get yourself up there you've got two weekends to go up there 14th, 15th, 21st, 22nd get the ticket in advance take your chances on the door if you like but uh, plenty going on uh, it only remains to say thanks very much for coming in and um, break a leg to all involved thank you very thank much you. <laughs> sounds great doesn't it there's a starring role for the island's Treasury Minister, no less, so I'm told. And also, Heather was telling me they have special permission to have a model of the Star of India, which is usually on display at the Manx Museum, I believe, on display specially at the play venue so people can see just what the star looked like. I also love the fact that that little excerpt of the Euterpe waltz we heard was introduced with the count one, two, three, four. Spotlight. Brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. From north to south, all roads lead to Port Erin this weekend, at least all the jazzy ones do, as the second Port Erin Jazz Festival swings into action. The festival was the brainchild of Jerry the Prez Carter, who told me year two of the festival is where things start to get a little harder. Yes, this is a follow-on and um, it's the equivalent of second album syndrome because it's easy to do something as a one-off but to sustain it is a little That's more the challenging. Hard part. Yeah. So we've had some extremely good sponsorship from Ravenscroft. We've been involved with Ravenscroft in sport and well, I don't want to plug the sponsors too much but I'm, they get involved, they get they, they seem to want to take an interest in things. So as a result of the additional sponsorship, we're able to book more artists this year. So we've got a lot of well-known people coming over this year. 
Terrific. So it's kicking up off on the Friday evening? Yeah, we've got Mike Diver's uh, Blue Train Big Band starting proceedings with a very um, wonderful uh, big band music and some rather indifferent Hawaiian shirts. But <laughs> that'll get everyone's feet tapping. A good way to get going. You can't go wrong. I mean, there is something about a big band, I must admit. I'm, I'm amazed that there's still so many big bands around when it's so difficult to pull guys and girls together. It's it's lovely, and he makes... Part of his rationale is everybody in the band has to solo. So if you're fifth saxophone or fifth trombone, you're still going to get up and have to do a solo, and I, th I think that's very good for everyone. And there's a lot of younger people in the big band enjoying it, which it, it, it's wonderful. It's a win-win-win. Marvellous, great way to get going without the big band then. And then coming uh, later on, we have what, Martin Taylor coming over again, the fantastic guitar player. Martin Taylor is no stranger to the Isle of Man, and he's with uh, Alison Burns, who they've been doing a tour. Um, and he's very keen to come back to the island. It's the first time he's played at the Air and Arts Centre. Um, so they'll be doing a sort of duet of the 1922 tour. I didn't realise that. I thought he played at the EAC before. That's his, it's his first gig. There. I think it's his oh, first gig wow. there. He's played at the Gaiety. I think I saw him in 1983 with Stefan Grappelli. Yes, you know what? I think I saw that same gig. It was a great gig. Um, yes. So he's, he's been a regular ever since. I do. The one I remember about that, seeing Stefan, because I think uh, my dad was alive then, and he said, come back and meet Stefan. And we went back, and Stefan wasn't very complimentary about the Gaiety piano at the time. Ah. <laughs> Yes, but he was, yes, a real character, I must admit. So terrific stuff, Martin Taylor and Alison Burns. If you've not seen Martin before, he's one of the best guitar players in the British Isles, if not further afield. Uh, fantastic, a wonderful sound, and a really nice guy as well. Like you said, yes. Regular, regular over here as well. Uh, this is, and then moving on, we have uh, Becky Rourke and the uh, Leeds College of Music Band. Yeah, this was an idea last year from uh, Dave Newton, who's a, a big supporter of jazz in the Isle of Man, as you know, uh, is a senior lecturer at Leeds Jazz College. Um and to fill in, we got the cream of the Leeds Jazz College Band Trio. Uh, they came over last year. They were absolutely marvellous musicians. If that's the future of jazz, nothing to worry about, really. And they wanted to come back. And Becky Rourke was supposed to play with them last year. She's a saxophonist who again went to Leeds Jazz College. She was in the same class at Leeds Jazz College as Jackie Maury Grace. Oh, really? So, yeah, they were sort of besties at, at, at the university. Becky did a, a few gigs in March in the island, which were sold out, and so she's playing with them on the Saturday evening. Uh, it's terrific stuff, and again, you're right, I think some of these big bands or some of the colleges, like the Leeds College, I've seen the Leeds College of Music Band before, and the standard there of musicianship, and as you say, every time I see them, I just... You sometimes the bad news is you sometimes want to give up yourself yeah think, oh my lord i've been banging away for years and yeah here's someone a quarter of my age a hundred times special already and you yep. think what's the point however as you say from the point of view of, of jazz and blues and all good music when you see the standard coming through there you think the future's looking very bright bearing in mind that every other year you hear that jazz is dying and then you think well it, it can't be if these people are coming through the colleges absolutely just, the standard is mind-blowing um two names as you say you mentioned dave newton and alan barnes of course no no stranger to the isle of man no stranger to anyone who has uh, enjoyed sort of good mainstream jazz for the last well, more years than he cares to remember i dare say yeah um they just love coming over here and we love having them it's simple as that it's a match made in heaven i went to see alan barnes um with an orchestra performed Duke Ellington's sacred music at York Minster in the summer and it was a very spiritual experience he's really by his own admission on top form at the moment so we're really looking forward to this and again if you ever see him in that duo with Dave Newton it, oh, it's, it's almost sort of telepathic 
Yeah. Mm. Yes, I think that's yes, that's a very good word to describe it. Yeah. It, almost. It's, yeah. It's it, yeah, <laughs> yeah, almost. Yeah. Almost. But it's it's just that great thing which particularly people who've not seen jazzers before say, How do they how do you how do they know when you know that well how, there's no they just sort of seem to know what each other's gonna do and I yeah. think that's the nature of jazz in many ways, and the nature of really good jazz musicians. There is that call it telepathy, call it just experience, call it practice, musicality, yeah. all of the above. But this ability when you see two people like that who just be able to have a musical conversation. Yeah. Uh, absolutely, absolutely mind-blowing stuff. Now that also, uh, possibly, I'm told that another star event of the weekend is the Bus Pass Blues Band. Well, they've had more reincarnations than Fleetwood Mac and the Rolling Stones, but this time we have Manx Radio's very own multi-talented Mr Mark Tiley Mark is guesting with us. Yes. Mark's been rehearsing with us, and I don't want to get him... Uh, in a situation where he's feeling vain, but my goodness, can he play? Um, how you can go into a strange band and immediately pick up the vibe as to what they're doing and be sympathetic to it. So we are really looking forward to the afternoon. We're in the bay with Mark guesting with us and the rest of the Bus Pass band are really quite excited. Um, some of the members of the band have to get a pass out from the nursing home to be able to play, but other than that, we're very confident. Well, we better give him a name check now. You mentioned so. Who, who else is in the band? Uh, in the band, we've got uh, John Collister on playing bass, Jim Horton's uh, deputising on drums, and we've got uh, Lauren Alan Pressford's playing six strings rather than four. And Lauren Gray's started off. She's Chris Gray's sister, and Lauren is a really very very talented singer um jazz and blues singer and um i'm warbling on tenor saxophone in between nipping off i'm in charge of all the beer vouchers and the gin distribution for the weekend which is what could possibly go wrong what could possibly go wrong (laughs) i should have to think i should have to think we should also say actually speaking of um yes uh, well Speaking of live events and getting down there, nothing going wrong. Nothing will go wrong. Of course, nothing of course. can go wrong. But it's all being streamed live. Yeah, Greenlight TV are live streaming, and this is with some support from the Department of Enterprise. So there are several sites to go on. Probably best to inquire with the Air and Arts Centre or um, Greenlight as to where the mm. best place to live stream it is. It's free live streaming. There's an honesty box if people want to help contribute to the cost of the festival but it's it's basically stream streaming live that's just the evening events at the air and arts the afternoon events at the bay and the falcon's nest aren't streaming great so there we go then something for everyone there and if you can't actually get down in person you can catch some of the action and some of the great sounds as well via the green light live stream just give us the details again of people wanting to go down so the afternoons as you say bay and the falcon and then the evenings at the eac where uh, what do if people want to go along what's the best thing to do best thing to do uh, tickets are nearly sold out at the eac so get on the website now and order your tickets just turn up in the afternoon it's from about half past one at either the the bay or the falcon's nest i have to say it was all local artists in the afternoon on the saturday i I just could not believe how well everybody played last year it was i think they were sort of revved up for it inspired by the artists that were over but uh, oh everybody who played last year at the at the two local venues in the afternoon the standard was Again, what, what what's wrong with the state of jazz, if that's it? Oh, I know, it's amazing. And again, we often say this, the island always punches above its weight in so many different areas. Jazz and music in particular, I think, yeah. we are really well represented. 
Will you be wearing, this is the main thing I suppose, will you have a pork pie hat on seeing as you're the prez? Well, I have a pork pie hat, but my wife doesn't like it. She says I look like an extra from a sort of Guy Ritchie film or something. So I have a pork pie hat, but it, it, it might stay. might stay in the cupboard. <laughs> It'll be great, I guarantee it. Sadly, I don't think I'm going to be able to get down. Typical. Next year, next year, I know, I know. That's about it for this week. Don't forget, if you want to hear anything again, go to maxradio.com, download the Spotlight podcast, listen wherever you want. On the loop, perhaps. Who knows? We'll be back next week when, amongst other things, we'll be hearing about the Big Bree weekend and enjoy a walk around the art space at the Erin Art Centre. Drop me a line with any other artistic thoughts or ideas. Stay creative, and I'll see you next week. Cheerio. <laughs>